0: The world is pretty much turning upside down right now on its way to right side up. And in the process, those of us with access to insight and realization and prophecy are having an easier time than those of us who are locked into an understanding of ourselves that's just third dimensional and material and body. So how do we get to the place where we can actually live with grace through all of these massive changes. Our guest today is Tom Evans, and you might remember he was on Soul Nectar Show years ago, and he's here to paint for us a picture of the path to overstanding. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar
1: Show, you're invited, delighted, I read who you are. Anything is possible if you believe to so join us on this beautiful
0: journey. Solators. Before we start this episode, I Carrie Hummingbird.
1: And I, Akeem Sami,
0: want you to know that
1: you are invited
0: you're invited to to join join Soul Nectar Nectar Tribe. Tribe.
1: If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show,
0: you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe.
1: We invite you
0: to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com forward slash membership and sign up. We'll We'll see see you at at our next tribe tribe gathering. gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably to a deeper understanding of who we are and why we're here and what this whole thing called life is about on the planet. And right about now, it's kind of cray-cray. Everywhere, and people are going through lots of massive deconstruction and not really understanding why or what's happening. And some of us in the know are having an easier time because we have already been told about this years ago through prophecy and such. And so we kind of were prepared for these moments of chaos. And there's a lot of people on the planet that are really kind of not prepared for this. And so, what is our goal as the second wave? Our goal is to help people assimilate these changes as easily as possible you know, for the ascension of humanity, because that's that's the current moment. We're in that moment of a new species being born called homoluminous. So welcome to homoluminous. Here we are on the planet, and boy, it's a hot mess getting there. And we just have to stay the course. Hopefully today, with today's guest, you're going to get some really good insights. Uh, he's been on the show before. And of course, you guys know who I am. I'm your host, Gary Hummingbird, here every single week with you. I love these kind of explorations. This is my jam all here for the awakening and uh, loving to bring those ancient wisdoms out into the surface where people might actually be able to receive them in a cleaner way now than maybe before they were abused and, and uh, used for kind of maybe not the right purpose. <laughs> now, let's just cross our fingers that this time is going to work. So our guest today is Tom Evans. Uh, you might remember him. He was on the show, Soul Nectar show years ago. And you knew him then as an author of many books and as a meditation guide on Insight Timer. And even back then, we had some wild discussions on his show and on my show, and very potent. Welcome to the show, Tom.
1: Oh, it's great to be back. It's like time has just uh, flown by.
0: Just like last week.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Time masters, so to speak, (laughs) which is another subject. Anyway, so in the meantime, Tom became a composer of ambient music, a novelist of futuristic prophecy that could be interpreted as just fiction or as the rest of us know, it's actually prophecy. <laughs> and is now putting it all together in a magnum opus which includes all of his decades of research into metaphysical topics. And if you've checked him out on Inside Timer or his podcast, you you know, this dude, he's, he's, he's in some deep stuff. So this new book is called The Book of Overstanding, and it's in progress as we speak. And we're looking forward to seeing and reading it and receiving its messages. But we get a little sneak because we get to have a little sneak conversation with you today, Tom. So I'm excited to, uh, to see what's been brewing in your world since we last spoke, which was before the pandemic. So very exciting to see you now.
1: Great to be here as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to the book coming in as well, because it is literally coming in as I'm writing it. I'm serializing it over 23 months and uh, new revelations come in every month. And it's almost like it's being read to me. You know, I'm, being, I'm, being, uh, I'm just taking dictation.
0: Oh, I know what that feels like, because that's yeah. what happened for the second wave book. For those, those of you guys who have seen this one, remember the Rainbow Eye? This one was a dictation too. Isn't it interesting when it comes for me? It comes in like a blob. I don't know how it comes for you, but it's like in computer language, like a blob of data comes in the right side of my head, like kind of hovers here, and then it starts to parse and assimilate into words. And then I get the words in my mind and then I just type them. Because I was so anal retentive, I took my pendulum and was like, did I get it right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like did I understand you correctly? Because it is. It's kind of like not really coming from this level of existence. It's coming from a much higher plane of existence and knowing, right?
1: That's right. And that's pretty much what I want to write about is these mechanisms, how you can actually get into it. So the book's going to be much more than just theory. It's got a set of meditations that go with it. I've got these things called overtasks. So you you read a little bit of theory, listen to a bit of theory, and then you do an overtask to actually tune in to these sources. So I'm not just writing about it theoretically, you actually get to experience these altered state of consciousness, which is just great.
0: It's important to experience it, isn't it? And I think this is why shamanic or indigenous practices are really being encouraged at this time, because when we experience something, we know it, which is very different than thinking about it and conceptualizing it, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And and some of this stuff is previously unknown to me. I've not read it anywhere. What I do intentionally when I'm doing this sort of work is not study and read anyone else's work. I don't want to plagiarize. I want it to come in just from source as it is and only that way do i get this new information which uh, it's certainly new to me whether it's new to the planet or not i'm not sure but certainly it's new to me and but i, I like to think that the way i can explain it because i love explaining complex things in an easy way makes it accessible and that's it to me is that this metaphysical uh, research i've been doing so much of it as you know is is really hard to get into it's been controlled largely by men some of it has been made quite arcane, so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Some of it has been used for the wrong purposes and, and that sort of stuff. So it's quite hard to get into all of this, um, this language and theory. So what I do is like to almost translate it and, and I see myself as a baton carrier, translate it into a contemporary language without long words and without any sort of strange arcane ritual uh, and what have you. And also then, so, well, okay, now you've got this, this new skill. How do you use it in this modern day? You know, all the stuff I've been doing about changing the speed of time and getting into light bulb moments on demand and what have you. And, and that was all almost like the stuff I was doing when I met you last, that was almost like my precursor and my, my training, you know what I mean? For the stuff that's now coming through. Oh,
0: that's fascinating. Yeah. It's your, Speaking, I, I, I'm realizing that there's many of us hearing these messages, those who are designed this way, I guess, to initiate this process and that are here to translate it and make it accessible to everyone. Because the message that I keep getting is that this time on the planet, these capabilities are open to every single human being, not just specific human beings as in the past. And so some of us that are maybe uh, came here, as I call the second wave, came here to be these guides and emissaries because we do have a very clear channel and an ability to translate information, to make bridges with our words, to make bridges so that people can receive from wherever they're at in their consciousness level to receive these tools and start to use them with integrity, right? Because isn't that really the new game? Like, it's like, yes, some people have had access to these teachings, but now it's time for everybody to get equal access, and then to learn how to use them with personal integrity and, you know, some respect with relationships.
1: It is indeed. And, and one of the, the, the shifts that's, that's happening that you you describe in, in your work, it's very akin to millions of years ago when we first got the work. But at that time, humans weren't in the loop designing their future and designing their evolution. Now, what's exciting is we can actually experiment and design what we evolved into you know you call it is it homo luminatus
0: homo luminous
1: luminous that is is correct but but what it doesn't matter what it is it's but it's, just, it's a new way of being a new way of, of thinking a new way of, of doing which is just great and it and you know we've had a hundred years of amazing change and we still got some wars that are trickling in we still got we're still getting over a pandemic we have got we're still learning how to live on a planet in harmony, and to stop being planetary abusers and to become planetary caretakers and guardians. And so, you can imagine in a hundred years' time, what we're doing right now is building, the, putting the building blocks in place for that transition to happen. You know, and, and we might not be here, but children and grandchildren will be there. And it's our, it's incumbent on us to leave the best legacy behind that we can do, and and hold the hands of those that we can do, and bring everyone up. I think I call it pulling yourself up by your bootstraps.
0: Yes. Exactly, because we're coming out of the idea, right, that there's a a rescuer that's going to come and save us and fix everything and that we're victims to some perpetrating force. You know, we're kind of moving out of that state of consciousness, correct, into a sovereign state of consciousness. What messages are coming through for you around that?
1: Well, I think what's going through to me is that the, and I've interviewed a few people, i actually paused the podcast for a while, just as so you know, because I've been, this work so, so huge. But just before I, just before I finished it, I interviewed um, a couple of quantum physicists, Amit Goswami, Professor Amit Goswami, and, uh, and Irvin Laszlo, and both of them said that what's happening this time is the change is not coming from our so-called leaders, it's coming from the periphery, and it's coming from people that have been working in silos all by themselves and then everything's coming together in different forms. But everyone needs a kind of different version of it for them. So for some people, they might still want to, to use religion as their prop. Other people might want to to follow a football team or something like that and, and get into collectivism that way. But everyone will find a different vehicle for it. But what's interesting, though, is that it's humans that are making the transition with spirits' uh, help. But spirit are really excited about what we're going to come up with because it hasn't been done before. You know, we're one of the well, one of the, um, the leading planets in the whole cosmos. And um, what I've been told is that one of the um, outcomes of this is the actual planet herself becomes self aware. So at the moment we have a, a conscious planet, uh, Lady Gaia. Is the energy of of Mother Earth, but we actually end up with an actual conscious planet, not a planet with consciousness on it, but an actual conscious planet.
0: Oh, this is so cool because, okay, sometimes I'm called to do things that I don't understand, Uh but what you just shared with me helps me understand what I've been doing for the last three years since I wrote that book, Healing the Mother Mm -hmm. Wounds. I have been maintaining this altar for the Mother Goddess. And I've been lighting the candles on the altar of the mother goddess for like three years now and just putting you can probably get any chills. I've been putting like all the goddesses like that I can find that, you know, like white buffalo calf woman and mother Mary and, you know, like just all this goddess energy. I've just got poured it all into this altar and I've just been like just honoring the divine mother goddess like for the last three years. <laughs> and, and It's just a devotion now because at first I thought, well, I'm doing this because I've got a class that she, that I was told to teach called the mother goddess. But it's like, no, it's beyond that. It's something else. It's like these silos you're talking about that really resonates for me, that silo energy. And now I'm really feeling the energy mounting, Tom, kind of like we are now pulling ourselves together and connecting across these silos. Like you have this silo that you've created where all of your teachings are coming through you and it's coming through clear because you need that channel to be clear. Yes. And then as mm-hmm. you share your insights with the other dots, we start to connect. We find out that many of us are getting very similar messages, but different language or different constructs. Right.
1: Yeah. And actually a really important thing is that, um, There's male magic and there's female magic. And obviously females can can conjure up male magic and vice versa. Uh, But I I feel there's a synthesis coming between the two. And what's very interesting is for for many, many years is that my following on Insight Time and my following elsewhere has been very female-dominated. The women are the most awoken on the planet right now. Which is well, just the, exciting to see. And it's not about women taking over from that male dominated planet. It's about us coming to a new synthesis where we get the best of both worlds. And I, I always love that metaphor of one plus one equal or equaling three, you know, so we get to a new place.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and we are healing, you know, and I also follow the work of Richard Wright with the Gene Keys. And there is a the shadow of conflict which happens to be my pearl of peace that is everything to do with healing the divide this perceived divide between the masculine and the feminine because really it's it's duality, but the duality has intention and purpose in the contrast right it's like the first separation before masculine and feminine is like the observer and the observed, yes, which is quantum physics it's like there if there is no observed then there like what's the observer how do you know the observer if there's nothing to observe you mm-hmm. know so like we <laughs> i'm sure things are coming through for you about multiplicity and unity so talk about like what's our new relationship with our diversity and our unity consciousness have you getting messages around that
1: well i think the, the first thing to bear in mind is that uh, you know we have you know that mod, the model that we've all come from source and we'll all return to source and it all starts with unity. The numerology is coming very strong for me recently. I'm starting to research the Tree of Life again. It's got the mm-hmm. numbers one to ten in it, but I'm like I normally do, I'm expanding it, so it's going to have twelve by the time I finish with it. But also taking all of that Kabbalistic language, which is quite difficult to get your head around, and contemporizing it all, as I did with the tarot many years ago. I wrote two books back ten, twelve years ago on the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana, and instead of it being all about tarot symbology, is that the, the Major Arcana is about modes of consciousness. And the minor arcana describes us as nine-dimensional beings having this three-dimensional experience. And then if you look at the models that the tarot expands into, which are namely the tree of life and the cube of space, I've done contemporary versions of them as well. So I've used tarot as my seed and my door opener, if you know what I mean. And then I've kind of almost thrown a lot of the old language away because it is quite obfuscating and contemporized it. And then given it context to say, well, actually, the tree of life is uh, a tool of, soul advancement and the cube of space is a, a tool of soul integration so we don't have this separation between us in our physical body and our ego and our soul or spirit that soul actually incarnates into us
0: yes absolutely and, and, has, and embodiment. The
1: experience, has the human experience with us and that's really exciting and i guess that that's that same state of, of human that you were referring to as well this this illuminated self-illuminated human
0: yes exactly And I guess the point I was saying about that when I was making that point is that the second wave is largely souls that have inhabited on other planets and have a lot of wisdom from like a lot of other planets and star systems and things like that, like star seeds that came in to embody as human, be human, have the experience and then sort of like do a lot of reprogramming from the inside out like you're talking about, like get in, Mm -hmm. experience it translate it make it accessible and then those beings that have been on the planet as humans maybe for a really long time now so maybe don't remember other planetary experiences they also are capable of taking us on now so there's no separation like it's just a kind of a different context for somebody who's a soul a star scene and they know it is a very different context that's all than somebody who's just sort of been on the planet as a life force on this planet so we have this opportunity to see that there's like just a multiplicity of experiences. They all lead us on our individual journey, the thumbprint journey, right? Into the same basic understanding, but through different pathways, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and actually I've, I've really been enjoying recently writing about that stuff. Because <laughs> it's so out there. And one of the one of the um, memes that I've been working with in, in my fictional work is that because in this century we're gonna learn how to be planetary caretakers, each single person on this planet, each set of the seven, eight billion people on the planet right now is learning how to be a planetary caretaker so they can go off and be a planetary caretaker on seven or eight billion planets around the cosmos.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yes. And the other information I got, and this is so fun, is that as part of the second wave, part of the experiment is that we incarnate into bodies that look very similar. We're human. We have different skin color, different hair color, things like that. But we're, we're in basically the same bodies this time. And so if you come from well around the universe and then you're coming and gathering here and having basically the same body, it's kind of a way of, of bringing unity as well. Because you're not in like completely strange different bodies. You're actually in a very similar experience yeah. and you get to experience that. It's to create our ability to create peace with each other so that around the galaxy we have more peace, right? So we can interact with each other better
1: yeah for sure because our, our, our is it we think of our egos being separate but actually all, they're all one <laughs> but there's it's just an illusion of uh of, of separateness which is why we all get these really weird coincidences and you feel like i just must bring tom up and we'll uh, email tom and we'll get him on the show and and it's all about the then you get into lovely divine timing as well because we get in complete sync with each other and sometimes i love it now because often something pops in a day or two ago and I only realize afterwards how synchronistic it was and and how how perfect it was it pops in there
0: Well, you know, there's something I want to bring up that's coming into my attention now, Tom, about what you said about embodiment and about the the Gaia consciousness awakening herself is Mm -hmm. that as a female on the planet, what I really resonate with with Mother Earth waking up is that she's really allowed herself to be abused on behalf of her children. Right. She's just allowed just tremendous abuse like many women you know, on the, uh, throughout the ages have allowed this abuse. And now it's kind of like we are being woken up to realize that there's another way of being in relationship with the feminine and maybe even like the mother archetype energy which like you said, can feel maybe kind of disempowering to the masculine sometimes because the awesome power of the feminine on this planet, especially is like, it's potent, right? So like, mm-hmm. how can you maintain your own sense of self with that potency everywhere? Because it's everywhere. And as it comes back to life and it she comes into recognition of herself, there's also a way in which it's so important to be honoring of all of the diversity of life on the planet, no matter what form it takes and no matter what primary energetic it's operating from, whether that's masculine or feminine or a balance, like whatever that looks like, that we, I feel like we're being called up to really be in honor of the planet and the mother consciousness and also of ourselves as her children, so to speak, on this planet. What are your feelings, thoughts, messages around that?
1: Well, in the last hundred years, we, we hadn't left the planet a hundred years ago, and now we've got eyes and sensors in over the planet, so we, now we can see what's going on on the planet in all wavelengths, you know, and look at the magnetic field of the planet and what have you. And we, we're starting to realize is that uh, I'm, you know my background is, is science and physics and this sort of stuff, so I love all of that stuff about cosmology. We're starting to realize that you know, earthquakes on the planet are actually caused by um Earth's coronal mass ejections. That hit the magnetosphere, vibrate the magnetosphere, and they destabilize the tectonic plates. We are susceptible to space weather as well as we are to weather weather, right? Uh, we're starting to realize this thing about climate change or whatever. We just we've just recently lost James Lovelock, as you probably know. He wrote the Gaia theory. He was a amazing guy, lived to 103, I believe. Amazing guy, kept his, his wits about him right until the end. And you know, his view was that the planet is a conscious living thing, and a biosystem is a conscious living thing, and if anything, would be threatening the biosystem, then it will do something to get rid of it. So in a way, maybe you can see COVID. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but you can see COVID as a bit of a warning shot for the planet. And again, what I did in, in, I wrote some short stories in the middle of lockdown called cell waves insertions based on the numbers 1 to 12. And number 11, I wrote about COVID-38 starting in 2039, how it finally gets eradicated from the planet by looking at it from a holistic point of view. And it's a lovely fairy story and it involves goblins and elves and trolls. and that sort Light of stuff. beings. Exactly, all that sort of stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to, to explore also the fact we've got this underworld and an overworld and we're somewhere in the middle. But what I think is, is that we are only now getting to grips with it and we can actually see what we're going And our male smarts, largely, although there's some fantastic female rocket scientists out there and physicists nowadays and, and whatever, but largely the... Um, the sort of male dominated materialistic science has given this uh, this ability to see what's going on which is great so we can have this thing called proof now as a metaphysicist you don't need the proof because you use your own intuition to know whether it's true or or not and i I always say that today's metaphysics is tomorrow's physics they'll get there in the end you know they won't find dark energy and dark matter because it's right under our nose and it's us and our consciousness and all that kind of stuff but we'll get there in the end and and there are some awakened physicists like um that Irving Laszlo and, and Army that do understand how everything is wired up. So I think that we're just in, in, in a golden age really. And there's loads of terrible things happening at the moment. We've got the war in Ukraine, uh, we're still coming out of COVID. There's all sorts of financial instability, loads of corruption around the world. We've got a, a strange government in the UK at the moment that needs to wake up. But it, it, they that stuff dominates the news. And the stuff that's not hitting the news is the stuff that's going on in these lovely little silos, all is coming together, and that's that energy and that change is much stronger than any of the darkness you might see right now. And in fact, uh, I think I wrote a blog a few months ago called "The End of Endarkenment." So <laughs> to get in light, to get in light, I love making up pseudo new words uh, to get to enlightenment. All we've got to do is to stop the endarkenment.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So on that topic, I want to bring up that. This whole new science of quantum physics, yes, is really interesting, isn't it? Because it's really showing that we are in a paradigm where the observer is observing something, and the way the observer is observing something influences the observed. Yes, and so mm-hmm. we have a direct impact and be able to influence the observed outcome, the observed experience, the what are you reality, so to speak. So Masura Emoto did great work on this, right? With the, with the water experiments and proving that when we put positive intention and we look through things through a positive lens and positive like emotions like love and compassion and peace and all of these things, that what happens is that the water becomes vibrationally beautiful. Like it, it, when you freeze the molecules of that water, they produce gorgeous snowflakes. But when you infuse water, the very same water with feelings like hatred or anger or resentment or judgment, But those things tend to warp that water and and alchemize it towards a place of like an imbalanced expression or even like discolored and malformed. And so we are 70% water and the planet is like a lot of water, yes? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers because I'm not a scientist, but I just, when I think about these things, what always brings me awareness on the path of being a medicine keeper in the indigenous traditions is what's the lens with which I'm looking at the thing? Because the lens with which I'm looking at the thing if I'm in a healing session is it influencing the outcome for the person's body, 70% water that is receiving these messages and these visions and this like prediction, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And is that's going to influence their life. And, that, and if we do that for the planet, that's going to influence the planet. So- I think that we have this opportunity now to realize the lessons of the science is revealing to us some of the actual ways in which we're going to be able to co-envision and co-create a new reality. Maybe not so much always from the hard like shovels and pickaxes level, but from this larger influence base of influencing the chemistry of the planet based on our own um, ability to access our hearts and open up love and guidance from higher realms what's your sense on all that because that was just a big channel of messages it's like <laughs> came through well, i'm so, so
1: glad you got the word heart into the end of it because that's the key so I, I i've been blessed with over the last um i don't know 15 20 years i keep getting little snippets of stuff either messages through or i read something in a book and said that's really important, you know? and I read this thing in a book called *Cosmic Memory* by Rudolf Steiner some time ago. And in it, uh, he talks about the root races, and this is all um, theosophy and this sort of stuff. But based and and uh, before him, Madame Blavatsky wrote *Isis Remembered*, and that had a similar story in it. And I, I went at the time, I went that sounds more realistic to me than the catechism version of the Earth I got when I was a Roman Catholic, where the Earth was created on um, four thousand four BC and on the twenty third of September 923 or something like that. It sounds a bit more realistic than the, the materialistic scientist version where we got the Big Bang and then everything kind of crystallized in life sort of source. But off it's a very cosmic memory, I went, brilliant, that sounds a bit a model. Again, he uses slightly arcane language. So in my fictional work I've done recently, I've taken elements of that and I've, I've strung it across the, the book. But one thing I have done to very good effect is something he talked about when he said that when we first got the word when the word was made flesh what happened is we learned how to control our fifth chakra point from our sixth chakra so you can now hear some of the thoughts i'm having and then have thoughts of your own now we don't give that a second thought now do we that when we speak We're embodying the airways with our thoughts. We're transmitting the thoughts. And obviously, with materialistic science, we now do this over Zoom and Skype and all this sort of telephony so we can do this uh, worldwide. So we've got a lovely framework, technical framework for us to to spread the word and spread this lovely light. But in the book, he says, the next phase of human evolution is when we learn to take conscious control of our heart chakra.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And then then I did did do two lots of esoteric uh, training. One which was a male magic thing, which with the builders of the edictum in, in California, which is about tarot and Kabbalah. I also studied with a female magic school in, in Germany called the Kryon School, which is angelic magic. And I've kind of, I've been, personally, I've become a, a synthesis of those two magics, if you know what I mean. And then from the the angelic school, they only go and activate my heart chakra, didn't they? Part of the, late, the and then I learned how to do it and others, and I've got a lovely free. I do most of my stuff's out there for free because I want everyone to get this. I've got this thing called the heartway activation. And with it, what you do is you activate your heart ray. You There's loads of applications for it as well. One, you can uh, you can find your soulmate, uh, two, you can find a career, and also you can heal people anywhere, past, present, and future with the heart ray. Now, the heart ray is different from the sort of the pulse you might get if we've we just got hearts together. It works amazingly strongly and re- really well. And then what's interesting is I then extrapolate. Well, if we're, if we're doing now this conscious control of the heart tracker, which I think I've achieved and I've taught loads of other people to achieve. What's next is taking conscious control of the other centers, the solar plexus, the sacral and the root. And I've had certain, I keep getting little samples of what happens when you take control of them. First is sacral center. That's where you manifest from. That's your need center. So if we switch needs to requirements, which is a nice little reframe. So I'm working on some meditations at the moment for, for master manifestation. Now, one of the reasons this stuff has been buried is in the wrong hands. You get all the wrong people trying to manifest the wrong things, like the uh, Lamborghinis and the $2 million thingy, all that kind of secret stuff. It's not about that level of manifestation. That's why some of the secrets have been kept safe. Solar plexus, I think, is to do with bilocation and root is to do with um, levitation. And I have had one full body levitation once. Like, wow. I'm not been be able to, someone was in the room at the time. So it wasn't me just imagining it. And, and I said, I feel really weird. She said, I'm not surprised you've just done a full body levitation. And on my podcast, I've also interviewed two other people who have done it as well. And then going back in time to past lives, I was named Thomas. I was born on the 7th of March, which is Thomas Aquinas's feast day. And Thomas Aquinas used to levitate as well in front of the altar. So this is the thing that I think is coming to us. So, but like all these things, I say, I, I write about this in, in my fictional work. Is that no point learning to levitate until you learn how to unlevitate? Otherwise, you end up at thirty nine thousand feet, and <laughs> a bit cold and suffocating. But I think this is exciting. that we're learning all of these new? It's kind of magic, but it's only magic if we don't have the trick is is done in the same way. You know, if you go back to humanoids before they got the word they'd be listening to us making noises. In the same way, we listen to a language that we don't understand, but not understanding that this communication is going on and not understanding this mechanism, which is now unconscious, which is third, you know, sixth, sixth chakra, uh, fifth chakra. So imagine then we get to fourth, uh, So sorry, sixth chakra, fifth chakra, then fourth chakra and so on. Imagine if we get conscious control of all the chakra centers, then we are truly magical beings. But in a hundred years time, when we've mastered all this, it won't feel like magic anymore because everyone will be doing it.
0: Well, and the, and the new kids coming in, they don't even need to speak; they just psychically connect. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's just the craziest thing for somebody that was in the old model. Like I need to speak. I'm a yeah, speaker. And, and, and I need got to speak. Some great
1: fiction. We've got fiction like kinds yeah. things, all the sort of stuff. So all, all, all the sort of um, all the stuff that the young kids are consuming like and harry potter was a good example of that as well it's like bringing magic back into the world in the way we got rid of magic because of materialistic science poo pooed it and magic faded away and the fairies faded away and the goblins and the elves all faded away then we had tolkien writing about this stuff and uh ES nesbitt and whatever then we're bringing it back into the world again now it's all over our screens and then you know you've got uh metaphysicians like metaphysicians like you and i teaching how to obviously you've been working with um with the shamans and what have you so this, this is still knowledge which is on the planet it just isn't shared at the moment and it's, it's in very little small silos but i think our job is to get it out there and, uh, and have fun with it and explore
0: yeah and our job is to get it out there and it's like there's a lot of fear around it right because of the literalist doctrines that were sort of controlling and suppressing this kind of information so that people wouldn't be able to be self-empowered, so to speak, you know, have a direct connection to the source, their own source and their own. There's a huge deconditioning that's taking place on the planet where we are being invited to step back into our sovereignty for maybe the first time ever, right? for humanity to step into sovereignty, to step both feet on the ground, to like you said, claim our chakras, to claim ourselves as sovereign and to realize that we have the power of the word and we have the power of creation Right here, right now, you know, and then there's we're still kind of working with this old system, like call the patriarchal or the Piscean age system, where it's like very fear-based, very controlling, very literalist interpretations of things, where the magic is all about magical realism. It's all about being able to see the metaphor of things and sort of like the soft gaze rather than the hard gaze. I mean, these are just languages and ways that I've used to differentiate, but they just they hint the door, right? It's just about pointing the way to the door. It's not like a manual. It's an experience, getting back to what you were talking about at the beginning. But we have to be willing to have the experience and we can't be afraid of getting punished for having the experience. And that's where that courage comes in. Yeah.
1: Well, you mentioned about the duality before and duality is an intrinsically safe place to be. So you don't have uh, matter uh, meeting with antimatter and exploding. It's all kept in balance in the same way you've got love and, and fears and opposite of of love and they kind of I always say that there's no such thing as negative energy it's just positive energy not pointing quite in the right direction but we're, we're moving to a new phase called the reality um in the duality you can have the not thought which might be the fear that something might not happen which tends to sit in the lower gut in the solar and these uh, so so you might have this desire that um, you get the 2 million dollar mansion on the beach and the Lamborghini, but you might have the fear that you might not be able to manifest them. And they tend to emanate from our chakra centers, either from our, our third eye and our mainly our sacral chakra, and they cancel out. That's why we don't quite get there all the time. We're always one step away from nearly getting somewhere. And that's a safe thing. Because you know, if you put the wrong thoughts out there, when you learn to truly manifest anything you like, if you put the wrong thoughts out there, they're not so good thoughts, then that will manifest uh, very quickly indeed. But we're we'll moving to a new phase called the triality where just the thought comes out. And I've got a lovely meditation on that as well. It's called the two-mind transmutation. And you take the desire from the head and you take the fear that is sitting down in the lower mind centers. You bring them up to the heart center. The heart's really important. This move to heart consciousness is not just a metaphor. It's actually real. And I can over, over Zoom. I can actually get people to feel that heart energy. It works incredibly well in non-locally. So you take the, the fear that it might not manifest in the desire, bring them down to the heart center, and then you beam out from the heart center the result of when it manifests, not the manifesting thing itself. So let's say when I got that house, well, I might, it might just make me happy. What am I going to do there that helps transform uh, me and my family, friends and the planet? And then you, that thought goes out into the world. And then if you need that house, that house manifests. Often what happens, a much better house, you didn't even think about, manifests or a much better thing. I'm using the house as a metaphor here. So often we don't have to know the way to it, but we just have to ha- hold the, the intent from that desire, not the desire itself, but beam it out using the heart rate, work the treat.
0: Yes, and I love that you brought in that the intentions are for the highest good, right? It's like, how can this manifestation of this house for me and my family benefit a great deal of people, benefit the planet, have some useful impact? And that's the thing because it's almost like the consciousness engine is, is like coordinating the desires of you know billions and billions of aspects of self like billions of people billions of plants billions of animals billions of cells I mean everything is being coordinated to arrive at um at a option at a conclusion a result that benefits everybody and everything
1: yeah and it's, and it's okay to be personal in that desire as well and that intention so it's okay if it just makes you happy don't feel selfish because this spreads and even if somebody doesn't read your book or doesn't listen, to them, I want to meditate. Meditation is like the hundred monkey thing. It spreads just by osmosis, and people will get it. I <laughs> will have you because uh, it's in the space. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because we put it in the space. Yeah, it's really about influence. I, I just always get that message from my guide, White, which I call White Eagle. I get that message that it's all about influence. What we're doing mm-hmm. here is influencing. And many of us maybe have been on other planets where the manifestation was easier, like <laughs> it mm-hmm. could just happened instantly. And this is a different thing. It's a different experience. It's a unity consciousness experience of manifestation. And yes, in some way, Tom, what you said is correct. Because if your heart's really desiring something and you receive it, well, the benefit to the universe or to the planet is that you're going to emanate that that joy From your being, and that's going to benefit everybody, because you're emanating joy, right? You're emanating happiness and success, or whatever it is that makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, and and there's lots of people that have done, uh, you know, that they're not doing studying metaphysics, that are doing that joy thing. You know, we've got some great artists all around the world that are just emanating that that good stuff, and they far outnumber anybody that's not emanating joy. You know, there's more joy and more light on the planet than there is dark.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, beautiful! So, as you, as everyone listening, as you can see, there's so many little trails that we could go down in our conversation—just a million little trails. Is there any last little thing you want to share that you're being called to share before we conclude this episode for now? Because I'm sure we'll have more conversations. But what's uh, anything coming through for you for the group right now?
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a great advocate of ditching to do lists. <laughs> And the way you do it is this, is you get all your to-do lists out. There might be there might be personal ones and business ones and career ones and this sort of stuff. And you get a blank sheet of paper and you on the top of it, you put it, call it your to-love list. Transcribe the things on your to-do list into your to-do list, to your love list in the order you'd love to do them most. <sighs> and you just write them all down, right? If there's something that doesn't migrate, you either to do two things to it. You either outsource it to someone else to find someone that can do it. There's some great sites like Five Squids and that sort of stuff where you can find someone to do things for $5 and that kind of stuff. Or you transmute it so you can get to love it and then you put it on your to love list. So you change the, your your attitude to it and then you, you run your to love list and you start it from the top down doing the things you love the most first. And this is very akin to um, I was born Roman Catholic, and you you were taught to serve other people first. But it's a bit like being on an aircraft where it depressurizes; you've got to get your mask on first, and then you can help other people. Which is why your manifestations are okay to have first, so you can help other people. You know, if you're living in abundance, then you've got more time on your hands to create more and more stuff to help other people live in abundance. Which is why the vast majority of my stuff is available for free on Insight Timer. I give it out there freely. I've had. I don't know, 5 million downloads and, and not $5 million coming back the other way. That doesn't matter, but I've got 5 million karma points. And that from other sources gives me everything I need. And it just, that takes a bit of traction. That from other
0: sources. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to come back to you wherever it comes back to you from and let the universe manage that reciprocity system. We don't need to manage it.
1: Hey, i don't I'm not interested. I don't need it back from that person. The random act of kindness is done because you you don't necessarily need it back from that person, but it'll come back in another way from someone else.
0: yeah, so that's actually another thing we're clearing at this time, and this has actually come up in my direct personal experience recently is that my dad taught me this lesson growing up, such a powerful lesson from an amazing dad is that when you give, you give without strings, you just mm-hmm. give. if your heart is called to give, you're being asked to give. Period by the mechanism that connects us all by the source. You're being asked to give in that moment. You feel the urge. You feel the inspiration. So just give and then let it go. Don't expect anything in return. Don't think you're owed something because then that kind of like that creates that funky energy. You know, like when you think you're owed something in return for that thing, it creates funkiness. You know, and that's like not flow. So well, like, oh,
1: again, I emanate <laughs> from a, a lower mind center. Yeah, so we're, we're gonna because our heads become so strong. It's overruled all these lower mind centers that are speaking uh, in a different language. They don't speak in words. They speak in feelings and and intuitions and a yes and a no. And then when you get into meditation, you can tune into these lower mind centers and take them under conscious control. And that's when you become this master manifester where you don't have to worry about where it come And And the fact you're not worrying about it, our language gives it away. If I'm worried about it. Uh, about giving all this stuff away for nothing, then I will actually unmanifest the goodness of the stuff that you've already put out there. You,
0: exactly, you it. exactly. Yeah. And then it, it kind of taints relationships and it, like future potentials that could be formed now start to shrivel. Yeah. So it's like it ends that pathway and then a new pathway has to open up with somebody that's more open, right? So we're going to find relationships, I think being a major teaching point of all of these principles as we move forward. Our relationships are going to show us these dynamics so that we can actually learn them. Beautiful. Well, gorgeous insights. <laughs> as usual. As uh, you, you were you were like, I think you were voted or rated like the number one or something like that on Inside Timer. I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was pretty high up. You were you're a big wig on Inside Timer. So, guys, check out Tom Evans over on Inside Timer. And also, you know, he's got a list. So get on the list so that you don't miss out when the uh, uh, magnum opus comes out because that is going to be amazing to read the Book of Overstanding. Can't wait to read yeah. it myself.
1: Well, I'm, re- I'm serializing it at the moment. And the first step is absolutely free. It's on my homepage. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely course on the, the flavors of our thought, how not all our thoughts are necessarily what we think of as our own.
0: Perfect. Loving. <laughs> I'll put that link in the show notes, everybody. So definitely check that out. And I want to say, if you loved this episode, please share it out. Share it with somebody that might be interested. Give it a like, give it a comment, give it a subscribe. Let us know what you thought. It's okay to email us and let us know what you think or comments on the YouTube, wherever you find it, we will respond. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you thought because you're included in this conversation and we want you to be part of this bigger conversation because the more we all converse about these kinds of things using our power of the word, the more these things expand. And what we focus on expands and we want to focus and expand love. So thank you so much for focusing and expanding love with us today. And I'm going to give kisses on the way out, Tom. Would you like to join me to give kisses? Yes, indeed. Okay, here come kisses, everybody, from our hearts. We love you. (laughs) Lots
1: of love and a massive expanded heart rate beaming your way as we speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lots of heart rays. And we'll see you next week on Soul Nature Show. Bye for now, everybody. You're a star. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.
1: take a sip from the chip of the nectar,
0: from the source of
1: you